0: Welcome to On Texas Football, the Longhorn live stream. Uh, tonight, uh, I've got Justin Wells, beat reporter uh, for both the team and uh, recruiting for the Longhorns,
1: analyst as well. Uh, Justin, how you doing tonight, bud? Doing pretty well, Bobby. Doing pretty well. It's a, it's, it's a lot of baseball on TV today. And if we've got any Astros fans out there listening, you know, Jordan Alvarez just made history. And so I'm, I'm a baseball junkie. Yeah, like you could tell by my baseball hats. And so I've been enjoying this day of playoffs and then getting to transcribe uh, Bo Davis's uh, bus tirade last year was definitely one of the the high marks of my career. <laughs> I
0: want to uh, I want to play that for folks later today uh, or in this uh, in this uh, live stream. If we get a chance, I'll talk to Matt, our producer, about that. Uh, but Bo Davis certainly set the tone, I think, for this upcoming year or this this Since last year, a year ago this week or several weeks past, uh, when he went, uh, you know, basically he went, you know, macho man on everybody uh, in the on the football team that didn't care about losing or just thought it was funny uh, or what have you. Uh, And uh, the Longhorns on their revenge tour uh, currently, I think, for uh, the 2022 season, uh, they've already taken down uh, West Virginia and Oklahoma. Uh, Next up, Iowa State. Uh, The Longhorns favored by two touchdowns uh, by most books, uh, more than that and some others. Uh, And uh, this is a big game for Texas because it could put the Longhorns on a three-game winning streak, uh, which has not been uh, very often in the last uh, few years for for Texas uh, as a football program. Uh, Before we get into the questions with Justin Wells, uh, Al, and uh, the discussion uh, overall, I want to say thank you to our sponsor that makes these possible. Uh, he helps not only Justin and uh, they help not only Justin and myself out, but also our producer, Matt Hutchison. And that's Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with the, and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union. And prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, Justin, let's start uh, with uh, the what you think of the fallout from the Oklahoma game. Uh, have the Longhorns really turned the page, and are they looking for forward to Iowa State, or are they they looking in the rearview mirror at uh, what they did against OU? You
1: know, I, I think it's I think the OU. Left an obvious wonderful taste in their mouth. But if you talk to guys close to the program over the last few days, uh, the Oklahoma game was almost expected. Obviously, not a 49 and nothing shutout of that sort, but they were kind of, they kind of went into that game, Bobby, expecting to beat up on OU. Jordan Winnington even talked about it. And so I think this was more of a business approach this week. Hey, we did exactly what we thought we were going to do in Dallas. Now you got to – you know, I love that, that our, our main man, uh, Eric Naline coined the revenge tour for 2022 for Texas because so far that's exactly what Sark and these guys are doing. I think there's something to that, that, you know, they, they they talked about a chip on their shoulder against West Virginia. They talked about a giant chip on their shoulder against OU. Iowa State last year and Ames was bad, like we talked about earlier. It was so bad. Bo Davis went scorched earth on the team bus. And so I think there's still – it's there's there might be a little bit of afterglow but from the guys i've talked to uh close to the program that's not the case they are completely focused on iowa state i believe there was a lot of install today a little bit yesterday afternoon and more today and now they're they're, you know they're going through the, the the process of beating iowa state at home that's what they're planning to do this is a team that embarrassed them last year bobby similar to a lot of these other teams on the revenge tour and so from what I can tell this team that they kind of expected to beat OU and now they're kind of in the same mindset with Iowa state. It's hard to, hard to disagree with them right now, Bobby.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, they're, they're playing, they're playing good football, Justin. Uh, they're not leaving too many, they're not leaving too many opportunities on the field. Uh, they didn't against West Virginia. They didn't against OU. Uh, they really didn't against Alabama in my opinion. Um, and so I feel like other than – and I don't know how many they really left on the field against Texas Tech. Texas Tech just hit them for some fourth downs, six of eight or whatever it was on fourth down. Yeah. Um, you know, Texas Tech won that game, and it kind of hurt Texas because uh, it wasn't uh, – it didn't look good. Uh, but, you know, Texas Tech went out there and snatched it, recovered an onside site kick, uh, you know, made Texas pay a little bit for not being able to run the ball – not being able to run the ball and not being able to pass it without – Xavier Worthy and and Quinn Ewers out there. So uh, it happens. Uh, And so, uh, but Texas, the style of ball uh, that they're playing right now, pretty good. All right. Tonight, uh, everybody, we're going to take y'all's questions uh, and uh, try to answer those as best we can. We'll discuss them, uh, both Justin and myself. Uh, And if one of the other of us uh, know better than the other, then we'll let that person uh, take the question and And go from there. We're going to start uh, off the Inside Texas message boards, which is where Justin and I, uh, InsideTexas.com, where Justin and I uh, go. And then, uh, you know, then we're going to have the uh, Bo Davis uh, uh, tirade, expletives and all uh, queued up by uh, Matt Hutchison, our our producer. Um, Let's start with this one. It's a recruiting one, Justin. Uh, Of the uncommitted recruits, that we have offered,
1: is there a must get? That's a good question. Um, Of the uncommitted ones, is there a must get? You know, that's, that's tough. There's a handful that they really need to get. But I'm not sure I'd qualify him as must-get. J.B. Antoviano, to me, would be in the must-get type category. But understand, it's not trending Texas very well. But, again, that recruitment is still on the rocks, and that's still something that's going to trickle through till signing day. Tassili Akana, that's an edge backer out of uh, Sky Ridge High School, Lehigh, Utah. Uh, He's good friends with uh, Leona LaFowle, the the linebacker commit out of Hawaii for Texas. That's a guy that's not committed, and that's a position that we can talk more about Edge spot that I think they need to have two more guys there at least one, and and I wouldn't call Colton Voshika must get, but that's a guy that you have to stay with, and he's not uncommitted. He's you know he's still pledged to Oklahoma, and so I'm not I'm not real sure. I think the muskets for the most part they've they've pretty much hit on. Uh, there, yep. There's probably a handful that they really want, but must get is a pretty stout term. And I think so far in this class, they've got the guys that they must get outside of a Anthony Hill, outside of a, a DJ Hicks. But again, those are still committed. Um, I got to say this, uh, OK, and, and I want to I don't know that there is a must
0: get in the in the high school ranks right now. Agree. portal, we don't know who's going to be available on the portal yet, but I think that there can be some must gets coming in the portal. They need need depth at defensive tackle if you're going to lose three guys next year, Absolutely, Coburn, Ojemo, and Sweat. They need another defensive tackle with some experience. They need an edge player if, if, uh, you know, Baron Sorrell and Ethan Burke and those guys don't show more than even what they've shown at this point. Uh, They're going to need guys to get after the quarterback more. Um, They're going to need uh, possibly uh, another safety. Uh, Jaron Thompson, Anthony Cook's gone. Yeah. They have other guys behind them, but they're young. Uh, and Keaton Crawford hasn't really made that next step. Um, and so I, I feel like there are people in the, they're going to be people in the, the portal that are can't miss and, and really have to have, uh, more so even than recruiting, because as we both know, it's very rare that a recruit even a can't miss recruit like an Arch Manning plays as a true freshman, I know Kelvin Banks and Cole Hudson and those guys are, but uh, you know, Arch Manning's pr- probably going to take a back seat to Quinn Ewers for a year. Um, and so, given Which that, expected. yeah, yeah, no, it's expected. It's not a, I'm not doubting. Right. It's, it's just this. This is the way big boy football goes. Right. And so, I, I think that's uh, uh that's going to be interesting to say. Um, I want to say this too. Texas made a new offer today. Um, Justin, I wanted you to go over that because some of the folks that are watching right now may not have had a chance yet to watch uh, to read InsideTexas.com uh, today in your report. Uh, Texas offered Jelani McDonald, young man out of Waco Connolly that you went to see uh, just a week ago. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you know about him. I'm going to say this one thing. I believe he is the son of LaMarcus McDonald, yes. who was the middle linebacker for TCU out of Waco High way back in the day. Um, and he played for Gary Patterson at TCU, I
1: believe. TCU, is yes, that, sir. Is that true? So tell, That's true? So tell folks about Jelani McDonald. He's a kid that, you know, Texas has been really judicious with its 2023 offers since the season started. These are the in-season evaluations. You find diamonds in the rough. You find guys that break out. Warren Roberson kind of started that, uh, the, the Red, Oak, uh, Red Oak athlete, safety, you know, corner. that was a good eval, great, great senior tape. Jelani McDonald is a double down Bobby this kid I come out to practice and and we obviously you know we at on three we had re-ranked him uh, a a while back and and he was either the third or fourth uh, number uh, number athlete in the country. So we were very intrigued not to mention his teammate Kobe blacks probably the best DB in the state 2024. Conley's got a lot of dudes as usual. McDonald jumped off the page. His sheer size. He's 6'3". He's at least 200 to 205 pounds now. This kid could probably be a quarterback at the next level. You should see him throw the football. It's not like putting your best athlete at quarterback. This kid can actually throw the ball, but that's not his. that's not where he gets you. It's his size, his agility, his ability to play outside linebacker. He played corner last Friday night with Kobe Black playing opposite on the other corner just because they needed a mismatch with size. That type of versatility is very rare, Bobby, and that's the type that you don't pigeonhole a kid into a position. You recruit an athlete as an athlete, you get him on the campus, and you figure it out later. Jelani McDonald is a product of, once again, Oklahoma State doing incredible Early evals on recruits. I I always give that staff props. They do a great job. He's committed to Oklahoma State, but at the end of the day, I think after speaking to him today after his offer, I feel like he's probably a little more open than he wants to let on. He's visiting Texas. I actually reported that last week. He'll be visiting Texas for the Iowa State game on Saturday. The Horns talked to him today. Defensive staff talked to him. They see him as more as an outside linebacker, a potential star position. McDonald has no qualms about that whatsoever. He he doesn't, you know, Oklahoma State has him as a safety. So this is a kid that's going to grow way out of of that body as as a safety. Most valuable player on a very good Conley basketball team. Uh, He was the Syntex player of the year. This is a kid that averaged about 22 points a game in basketball. And let's just add to the fact that he won the state championship, I believe in 4A, in the triple jump. And so at the end of the day, He's got got some of that Justin Wells athleticism. (laughs) Let me tell you, thank God he doesn't. Because this kid can actually ball out. I feel like he was really under-recruited. I feel like some schools saw him commit early to Oklahoma State and sort of backed off. Or they just saw him play a quarterback, didn't project him at that spot, and didn't realize he was a monster on the other side of the field, not to mention all the added athleticism. At the end of the day, Texas is doing – a tremendous job with these season, these senior season evals, Bobby. They don't just throw offers out. They are really watching these kids. And it was it was good to go out and get to know him and see him and talk to him. And, and you know, at the end of the day, that's a kid that Texas needs. This is a kid that you want that type of athlete. Somebody on the board at Inside Texas, and I want to give him credit. I forgot who said it. The comparison was Eric Foreman. And I know you remember that guy, the athlete. I believe he was out of class of 2000 or 2001. I believe it was Corgan, Camden, Camden, Cameron, yo, somewhere in that, in that realm. Kid was a starter as a, as a linebacker, outside linebacker in his second season. There's some similarities there. I like that comp. I think, I think in the long run, Jelani's bigger. Now they definitely think he's more twitch, more quickness, but Bobby, this is a great eval. And again, give Texas credit. They, uh, they don't care that the kids, you know, committed to Oklahoma state as a safety they're doing their due diligence and they're getting him on campus this weekend. Uh, any other folks,
0: uh, that are visiting this weekend uh, of note? Yes, sir. I Uh, I I think
1: there may be one. There's, well, there's one in particular that's usually, you know, comes with some hoop comes with some 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 paparazzi you could say uh the man arch manning this is his, he's going to be coming back on campus um this they have a bye week this week at nelson uh, isidore newman and and catching up with, with with coach stewart and guys close to 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 manning's family they're coming in and they're, they're ready to see what texas is about he has been so excited not only in his progression on the field, Bobby, because that's the thing. We talk about it a lot, you and I do. Each week he's doing something else that tops the week before. And so I believe he's justifying that ranking every day. And t- t- that's that's got to keep Texas fans giddy. Um, Arch Manning is supposed to be in, obviously. There's going to be a handful of co- commitments. I believe Samaj Burrell will be in the house. Connor Stroh. Uh, Andre Kojo mentioned that he'll probably be there as well. Of note, Micah Hudson, 2024 wide receiver out of Lake Belton. Juan 3 number two uh, wide receiver in the country for that class. Uh, he actually was at the Texas OU game. We reported and, 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 and it came out that he had originally came with OU and wound up sitting with the Texas side. And, and, and that always, you know, riled up the recruiting bunch. But this is a kid that was actually going to try to make this game again. That would have been his fourth game this season and he's not going to be able to he tells inside texas that he's going to has homecoming and he has some some other plans with family and so but that just shows you the trend line for a guy like that He's not coming this weekend, but his intention was to, to make it in this weekend. Not to mention Jelani McCoy and then Geico Baker, wide receiver out of Brownsboro. Our, our Jerry Hamilton was on him early. This is a kid 6'3", about 175, 180. I went to go see him a couple weeks ago right before he was offered. Had a decent game against a really good Carthage defense. He's going to be on campus as well. Malik Muhammad is a, mo- is a is a most likely that that Jerry reported this morning. That's a big name because of the Flip talking, the flip factor there. And so I, I, if you'll give, you got to check back in at Inside Texas tonight and check back in tomorrow and check back in, you know, in the next day because the list is continuing to grow. And I'm sure we're going to have something more concrete behind that in the next day or two. All right. You know, we talked about it at the outset. I think that's a good good
0: recruiting segue. We, we'll talk a little bit more about the team. Um, so I want to ask Matt, our, our producer, to put up the Bo Davis uh, video from a year ago. If you are under 18, Bobby, whatever it is. Hey, what? Bobby.
1: Yeah. I also, understand it. Inside Texas, I transcribed that entire <laughs> video. And so, if anybody wants to read it, please click. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go for it, Matt. Play it for everybody. I think they it's get the. They get it. Some of you motherfuckers need to get in the transcript. You want to go? Get in the motherfucker. This shit ain't a game to me. And if you think it's a game, get the fuck off of this bus. I got my ass kicked. And you motherfuckers want to laugh? That's fucking real. You think it's a goddamn joke? And some of you motherfuckers do. Transfer. Motherfucker. Uh, because I'm tired of this shit. This shit's goddamn real.
0: And we want to laugh and joke. Fuck that. You
1: know what? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
0: Anybody anybody that heard that, that was a true Texas fan, that didn't mind the curse words and the colorful language, but understand and understood what he was trying to get at and has been on a bus where a coach goes off like that, they're, the coach is trying to get food to kids, a large percent of, uh, of which aren't listening. And that's where this Texas team was almost a year ago. Fast forward to today, and they they just beat OU, the worst that an OU team has ever been beaten by uh, uh, the, the Longhorns. And they have a quarterback that looks like he can put up points against and an offense. Put up points against just about everybody. A defense uh, that is solidly improving. Um, and you know, I thought it was interesting last year too uh, that that rant could have been taken a number of different ways by incoming recruits. No question, it could have, it could have been taken as you know what I don't I don't want to play. That sounds like it's harsh, or that's this, or that's that. But the the incoming recruits are like, yeah, I agree. I don't want to be five and seven. You know, it, it, it needs to change. And I think that the reality of it is, is that may have set the tone for guys like Roshon Johnson to, or, or set it up so that Roshon Johnson could eventually become the leader that he has become on the team where it's, it's, if Roshon says something, they're trying to go run through the wall with him or for him. And I think that
1: that the coach
0: stepping out there like that helped
1: that process. Don't forget a few days later, press conference with Steve Sarkeesian, he backed it up. He he completely backed it up. He said, look, coach Davis exemplifies what we want the program to be, what the culture needs to be. We only they only hire coaches with that type of mindset and that, and that, that culture driven you know, mentality. He said, that's exactly what you want. And he said, for the most part, most of the kids were buying in, but you still had some that weren't. And, and, you know, to what you said, fast forward to now and, I guarantee you most of those malcontents are no longer in the program. And you and I both know that. And so it, it's one of those things that, you know, the, the worst part to me was that a player filmed it and had it posted. Overall, that was the worst part. I I, had, I absolutely loved Coach Davis before that. Because you and I have done this a while to where we've seen Bo Davis, the coach, D-line coach, before he came under Sark. And and he had a wild streak in him then too. He had some energy. He was younger and he still had that orange sweater. I swear on God, somebody needs to buy him a new one. Not that it doesn't look cool and it's got some retro to it, but he's worn the same sweater for 10 years. I digress. Bo Davis, that, that was needed, Bobby, to change the culture, to let people know where these coaches stood. I think that's why Sark backed him up. I think recruits like to hear that as well. It certainly got the fans going because they were in the midst of a four-game losing streak last year. And for a week, nobody talked about the losing streak. They talked about Bo Davis's rent.
0: It, it's meaningful. You know, I mean, that's that's the bottom line and memorable. And perhaps it's a jumping off point for the rest of the season for those guys. Uh, because they, they literally uh, thought they were better than they were. Too many of them did a year ago, and Absolutely. they got their comeuppance. You know, they get found out real quick that they weren't all that good after all. Um, and so uh, that that sets us up for this coming weekend with Iowa State. Um, Eric called it the uh, – Eric Nalene, the publisher at Inside Texas, called it the revenge tour. I, I, I see some of that. Uh, I see some of the very same players – that were getting beat at Iowa state a year ago are now thinking they're going to beat Iowa state this week. Uh, you know, and uh, it's, it's interesting uh, to watch that transformation and it's what we've talked about, but talking about it and doing it are two different things. In the last two weeks, uh, honestly, as Texas was going into West Virginia two weeks ago, Justin, I didn't know which way this team was going to go. Yeah. I I really didn't because they had a choice. Um, They had come off of a bad loss to Texas tech um, and no real faith in what was going to happen. I do think that the fans and being at home against West Virginia helped immeasurably. Um, They got them back on track. Then they go to the cotton bowl this past weekend, blow out Oklahoma. And all of a sudden Texas is four and two instead of three and three or two and four. Um, And, Things are looking up. Uh, Quinn Ewers comes back and looks like he looked for, you know, three quarters. The first two against uh, Louisiana Monroe and and then uh, uh, the first one against Alabama and, and looks like that for three quarters against uh, OU. Um, there's just no telling where this team can go, but it, it doesn't just rest on the shoulders of Quinn Ewers because they beat West Virginia without him. Right. That was a turnaround game in this. And Hudson Card took took the took the ball and ran with it. B. Robinson had a great game. Uh, the defense played well. Uh, I, I feel like this is a Texas team uh, that is starting to find itself and figure out who it is as a program. Uh, do you do you sense that at all or do you think they've still got a long ways to go? Or am I just reading too much into that West Virginia game as kind of the turning point?
1: I agree with the West Virginia point because I felt like this team, when you talk to guys close to the program, they were confident even after Texas tech, like there was, you know, naturally, they're going to be upset, pissed off, you know, you know, you know, take it out on the next team. But there was some of that, you know, West Virginia did us wrong last year. There was some of that, you know, Oh, you did us really wrong after an incredible start. And so I, I think they're part of that, but Bobby, what I'm noticing the most is they're playing complimentary football it's so much better over the last two weeks, three weeks, maybe, but real just really two weeks. And with Quinn Ewers, I felt like there are literally two sides to the ball. The defense is hell bent with about eight or nine guys that have been around for years that have chips on their shoulder that want to play in the league. And this is their last opportunity. They're all going, they've all bought in. And then I think the offense has its own type of deal where it's a lot of young offensive linemen. They're playing more and more together. We saw Kelvin Banks, We saw that if you've ever met Kelvin Banks, that is a giant, gentle human being. He is very kind, very soft-spoken, but you don't want to be in an Oklahoma uniform lined up across from him. That's just not safe, that you're putting yourself in a hazard. We saw that. So you're seeing the offense, and obviously with Quinn years, Hudson Card had the best game of his career against West Virginia. That's the best he's looked at University of Texas. And when and if, if he plays again, he's going to continue to look good, but they look different with Quinn, all of the players were talking about it. Bijan, Rashawn, they all mentioned he's always calm. He's always level. There's not a moment Sark talked about. There's not a moment that's too big. So I think it's more complimentary football. I think that's what we're seeing over the last few weeks. And please understand, they've been playing some bad teams in the Big 12. They've got the good teams ahead of them. And so that's going to be more of a tell to how much longer they have to go. That's going to be our tell, what's that gap, how much closer they have to close it, what they do in the next month, when they play a top-ranked Oklahoma State team in Stillwater, when they play a Kansas State team, when they play a very tough, very well-coached Baylor team. So we'll find out more then, but to me it's been the complimentary football. The defense has their MO. The offense, they're on the simpatico. Everybody's on the same page. They want to pitch their shutout and and, and, and put great tape you know, for the NFL scouts while I was on the offensive side, they want to find continuity. They want to find a nice fluid, you know, easy going. Sark has been tremendous over the last couple of weeks. I think he's gotten better with his play calling than he was the first few weeks of the game of the season. Rather it's to me, complimentary football, Robbie, Bobby, it's not, I don't know about the gap yet. We'll find out. We'll find out. But right now to me, it's the team settling in, They know Quinn's the guy. We've talked about this before. I think that really matters to this team, especially on the offensive side. And the defense now has confidence after shutting out OU. That's a big plus.
0: Yep. Um, Halfway through the season now, Justin, um, Pro Football Focus has been there uh, with uh, uh, grading Texas games uh, every single week. Um, And they've come out with their grades. And our Joe Cook, uh, beat reporter uh, for InsideTexas.com, uh, published an article today, uh, going down the top five players, uh, on offense and defense graded by Pro Football Focus. And here's the top five, no matter position now on offense, this thus far, with a minimum of 100 snaps, which Quinn Ewers, I'm guessing, just barely passed, um, at some level. Bijan Robinson, unsurprisingly leading the way, uh, though the, uh, probable first-round draft pick that's a junior out of Tucson at an 87.5. Quinn Ewers at 81.8. Roshan Johnson, 79.8. Jordan Whittington, 74.8. And Jatavian Sanders, 73.4. Um, any of those interesting to you at this point?
1: Absolutely. If you know on Sundays, I, I, t- I do a PFF grade post grade post game grades report. And I, I've learned a lot about this, this system and, you know, this, this reference tool to, to how these work out. Uh, not surprised by Bijan, and a little surprised that Quinn's had hundred snaps, but <laughs> he, he did make it in and Quinn's played, you know, phenomenal ball for the most part when he, when he's been on the field. Jatavian Sanders in the last two weeks has been tremendous. That average is probably is still climbing. He was one of the top scorers two weeks ago. He was one of the best ones last week. I can't remember what his what, – I believe it was an 81.1 uh, game average. This is a guy that, to me, Jatavian Sanders is the weapon we talked about. And when I'm looking at that chart, I expect to see yours. I expect to see Bijan Hell, I expect to see Xavier Worthy, but I don't. I see Jatavian Sanders. And that's the guy that really put so much into that offseason. And to me, that's the one that's most not- noteworthy. Uh, and knowing Worthy is number six. But I love seeing the big tie, the sophomore tied in, and it didn't ride on there. I got to say this. Uh, so
0: I was listening to Steve Sarkeesian has his uh, weekly uh, coaches show on the Longhorn Network, and I tuned into that. Uh, I believe it was yesterday, or late last night. Um, and one of the things he was said that was interesting about Xavier Worthy, he said teams are doubling him. Yes. Um, and he's he's like, you know, Xavier understands. I mean, he's got two people following him whenever he goes deep. Uh, they're not going. Teams are not, at least at, not at least not right now. Other than Alabama, let him try to go one on one with their corners. At least they don't want them to, right? Right. Um, and so that that is inhibiting Xavier Worthy's numbers and production somewhat. Uh, so I think that you got to consider that, and also his uh, appearance obviously creates more opportunities for Jordan Whittington to get a little more open. Uh, when he attracts two, two guys to go deep, Whittington on those intermediate routes is, is getting a lot of green grass between him and any defender. Uh, and that's certainly a part of the part of the process. Uh, Roshan Johnson, I mean, what do you have to say about a guy? Um, Eric Naline wrote another piece for Inside Texas this week talking about how there's only 11 guys left out of two recruiting, two consecutive recruiting classes uh, from Tom Herman's era uh, right now. And almost all 11 of them are contributing heavily right now. Yeah. Uh, Roshan Johnson is obviously one of those. Uh, Jordan Whittington, Bijan Robinson. Uh, those guys, D- Deshaun Jameson, another one that's that we're going to talk about, I think, here in a little bit on defense. Um, Matt, if I can tell our producer, can you go to the top five play players on defense in that article for us, please? Okay. Look at this. Moro Jomo, Ke- Keandre Curlburn, Byron Murphy, Jaron Thompson, Tavondre Sweat. Four of the five are defensive tackles slash five technique.
1: They're interior D linemen. Yes. And and, 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 the, and the number one position guy is probably the slowest junior in, in the program. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I am just, just telling you. You yeah. look at that and you're saying you're saying, wow, uh, the interior D-, D line right now is really playing well uh, for the Longhorns. Devondre Sweat made a, an, an amazing stop on that fourth and one uh, in the red zone. Uh, it was is interesting to me because in that coach's show, Sark was talking about, hey, don't forget about Moro Ojomo standing his guy up so that that uh, in the hole so that Sweat could could swim his and, and collapse the line like he did down the line. Uh Keandre Coburn, we've talked about him. He's having a, a whale of a year, Byron Murphy. I uh, got a sack against OU. Uh, and then your your guy from Lufkin there in uh, East Texas, uh, Justin, uh, Jaron Thompson having a whale of a season uh as a safety. Deshaun Jameson, DeMarvian Overshone, Jade Baron, Baron Sorrell, and Anthony Cook also getting uh, a hat tip of sorts from PFF Uh does that surprise you with the 4DL? Does any anything surprise you about this list?
1: I know who isn't surprised by this list, and that is our own Paul Waddlington. He will tell you that he could have predicted this before we even wrote it. Big, big O-line, big, big D-line guy at Texas. And he has a point. The thing I noticed that it's all these guys outside of Byron Murphy, these are guys that have played a lot of college football, Bobby. And there is just there's no price for experience. And, and that's what a lot of these guys bring. I love that Jaron Thompson's in the mix. And I'm going to have something on the midseason awards tomorrow about Jaron Thompson. Because when you look at it pound for pound, you can make an argument that defense is so balanced. There, every, there's good play at, at every spot. And there's so much that it's, it's such a contributed effort. It's not just one guy doing everything. And with that in mind, Jaron Thompson is starting to separate from other safeties in the Big 12. And the only one that's staying close to him is his teammate, Anthony Cook, who is playing tremendous football as well. And so what sticks out the most is a lot of experience on the D-line. Byron Murphy played a lot as a freshman. There's a lot of experience on the D-line in that top five. And Jaron Thompson being on the list, obviously, um, that's big because you're talking about a kid that may not be the fastest on the track, but in a game, he's a 4'4" because he knows exactly where to be at each time he understands tendencies. He picks up angles and he'll ear hole you. And that's a guy that you want on your side. And so this defense as good as Quinn Ewers and the offense looked Saturday, Bobby, it's the defense that I keep talking about. I believe we talked about it Sunday morning. We were giving wows to all the offensive guys. And then we had to make sure PK got his, his props as well. And I think getting the most out of this bunch is, is a big support of that.
0: All right. We're going to take your your questions next uh, here. Uh, But first, I want to say thank you to Energy Texas, our sponsor. Energy Texas is for Texans uh, by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Hey, uh, Justin, let's let's take some rapid-fire questions a little bit real quick. Uh, okay. get, go go really quick here. Okay. We get Jalil Billingsley back.
1: Hey, he's been practicing for a month. He looks fantastic. I think he really needed that to kind of get the rust off of him. I'm sure they're going to have a package of plays for him this weekend. It'll be good to have him back. All right. 10-2, ten, ten a realistic record? I don't know. <laughs> i don't know that's a tough one i think they can definitely win eight or nine but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to beat somebody where they play a bad game in the next two weeks. talk to me if they beat
0: oklahoma state then they're cooking with gas that's that's so get back to me on get get back to me and ask me that question uh in two weeks this one any update on damon wilson the defensive end out of jupiter florida
1: uh, not right now. Jerry Hamilton's been all over that recruitment, but right now there's not a visit scheduled. I believe there's still com- communication between the Texas D lines and, and Wilson's crew, but right now it doesn't look good. Jerry thinks this portal
0: season will be better than pickups than we had last year. What are y'all's thoughts and where the where will there be as many big names in the portal this year and how will it affect uh, recruits? Jerry wasn't necessarily re- considering Quinn Ewers as part of that portal class. I was about to Uh, say, there's not another. (laughs) You're not. I I talked to him about this post, post discussion. He's like, ah, you know, the, the reality of it is, I think that there will be more big names or more really good players in the portal this year than last year, last year. I think it was top heavy with the Quinn Ewers, the Jordan Addison's, the Caleb Williams. I don't know that it's going to be top heavy this year. I think it's going to be really, really good. I think that the guys that are really good that are on big name programs like Texas and USC and uh, Florida or LSU or those guys are those guys are working the Nil process behind the scenes right now and I think that's going to be fine. Uh, do you think what do you think on the the uh, portal question?
1: Justin I, I, I agree with you I agree with you, Bobby. I, I do I think last year was top heavy. I just don't know what to expect. With this year's crew, because a year ago, no one really knew about Jordan Addison. And then he turned around and won the Bolitnikov. So we got guys we may not even know about yet. So it's it's kind of, but I guarantee you, they are going to save spots in that class for the portal. At least four or five, maybe even six. That's a that's a promise.
0: Well, they, they have to because they're young on defense next have year to. with that, uh, those uh, young D-linemen uh, graduating. Absolutely. Speaking of that, that, that flows into this question. Can Ojo Mo come back next year? I'll answer this one. Yes, he can. He's unlikely to, uh, is is the official uh, answer on that. Here we go. This one's for you, Justin.
1: Yes. They can flip Anthony Hill. It's going to take Not can we, are we? There's a difference.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join
1: June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every
0: week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm answering it. I'm telling you, they can. Okay. Texas can flip him. It's okay. going to take more of what they're doing right now. It's going to take more of this defense, and it's actually going to take more of A&M stumping their toe, looking looking bad. The defense which looked incredible at the beginning of the beginning of the season has started to look a lot more average. Can't get off the field. Yes, Texas can flip Anthony Hill, but that's uh that's a boat you can we can float on in a couple months. Yep, got it.
0: What's going on with Alfred Collins, the uh, young man out of Bastrop uh, Cedar Creek High School? Uh he's starting to get more time. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh and you know, somebody made note of this. Uh, OU popped a couple of big runs out of the wildcat. Um, and one of them was an Eric gray run to the outside and Alfred Collins chased him down about 20 yards down the field. Very, very high effort for a defensive lineman to get that far down, down downfield. He is still trying to get better and stronger, but keep, I, I like some of what I'm seeing right now, uh, from Alfred Collins. All right. Um, Justin, uh, that, that does the, that's the quick question part. Lightning I'm take, round. Is, that lightning that? Is that our lightning round? That was our lightning round. You like that? I do. Uh, you like that? All right. One last one then. Okay.
1: Oh, I love this one. Let me have that one. <laughs> okay. Go for it. <laughs> Is Terrence Brooks long-term at cornerback maybe move to safety? Here's the best question. Here's the best answer. Terrence Brooks is going to be a dog in the Texas secondary, whether it's at corner, it's at nickel, which is a potential, or it's at safety. Terrence Brooks has the DNA – of, a, of an NFL DB, he, he, he portrays that. He has the confidence of one, and he's getting better each week. I actually talked to a source a couple of days ago that said Sark had a one-on-one with Brooks last week and, and actually told him how good he's played, not just on the field, but it's also off the field, because I believe Terrence might be the youngest player in the program right now. And so, yeah, Terrence Brooks, long-term, he's going to be a dude. Could be at corner, could be at nickel, could be at safety. I see a Nathan Vasher type trend line with him. Wow, that, that that would be a huge one for the Longhorns, uh, if nothing else.
0: Um, Justin, we talked about Iowa State um, and what they're bringing uh, to uh, Texas this weekend. I wrote down some stats that I want to share with uh, everybody here a, a little bit.
1: And there's uh, two guys with Iowa State that I'm afraid of. Two guys. Okay.
0: Go ahead and say that while I'm getting these stats prepared. Xavier
1: Hutchinson, wide receiver. He is going to play on Sundays. He can stretch the field. He can catch underneath. He's good on with Yak. And on the other side is Will McDonald. That's a dude that brings hat on a daily basis and really fits what 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 Coach Heacock and and, and that defense wants for Iowa State. Those two guys are the two dudes you got to watch for. And McDonald's a pass rusher, uh, by yes. the way. And they have a very active
0: defensive line. I was actually going to talk to you. They they are just not very good on offense right now.
1: Uh, looking got, at their stats, come back I'm not, for some reason, yeah.
0: No, I'm not yeah, – it's the, the quarterback and
1: – No, Brees Hall.
0: Yeah, and they lost some offensive line. There's been, Charlie Collar, the tight ends. Yeah, exactly. So there's a couple things there, but I want to actually pivot to how good they're playing on defense uh, because I was looking at some of their, their defensive stuff. Uh, they are third in the Big 12 in yards per play allowed uh, on defense. Uh, Texas is actually first right now, followed by Baylor, then Iowa State. Uh, total defense. Iowa State is number one in the Big 12 right now, and number 11 overall in the country. They're only allowing 277 yards a game. Now they played Iowa, <laughs> and
1: they only a touchdown. Yeah. So uh, just, just some coaches that. don't punt. Some coaches don't score touchdowns. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, 11,
0: 11th in the country is pretty strong, uh, in that regard. Uh, and then scoring defense, uh, another interesting one. Uh, right now I think they're ranked uh, – where is – had it right here scoring defense yeah they're they're not as high. Texas is ranked 23 in the country by the way on scoring that's defense. what pick
1: sixes will do for you yeah yep, yep. Uh, they
0: are um, on third down defense that's probably the biggest discrepancy between Texas yes. and Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State uh, is number 14 in the country on third down defense. They are only allowing a first down 28% of the time. That's that's pretty strong. Texas, meanwhile, is number 75 in the country, and they allow a first down 38% of the time. Almost
1: 39%. I'm not surprised by that at all. No, I think no, that I mean, number's I mean, gonna I And mean, I think that number's gonna come down a week more as we go, but it's still something to pay attention to. Hey, where
0: was it before Oklahoma? Oh
1: where was it after Tech?
0: but you you get my point right absolutely it's come down already um and that's saying something you're right (laughs) yeah we'll have to see how that that works out um but talking about that iowa state defense a lot of folks have a question about what kind of defensive style they run they run a a, what what i would call a three three um and they play a three deep safety look um and so they literally try to match you up underneath and play you all over the top, but they have their safeties play, like Ian says, flat-footed, so they can come down to support the run at a moment's notice. So they, they, they will play a cover defense, but then you don't – they play their safeties so that you may get a one- or two-yard run, but you're not getting a four- or five-yard run, if that makes sense, and they can read run. Um, so be aware of that. Uh, and John Heacock is a guy that's been around uh, yeah. and kind of uh, tailored this system to his own. Uh, and it is uh, it could be very well be the best defense in the Big 12. Um, no, they don't have a lot of big names on it uh, from star factor, but they are a good, uh, solid defense that plays together and plays hard and fast. Uh, now, I want to ask you your take on this, Justin. Um, Brees Hall. Uh, the Iowa state running back from a couple of years ago made the comment that we don't have five-star players. We have a five-star culture. And that was clearly pointed at the folks in Austin, Texas and young men in that locker room. Do you think that comment carries over any at all and bothers uh, any of the existing players in the UT locker room right now?
1: No, I bet. I know it did after the fact but there's been there's been enough time and that's elapsed that I I don't think it does. This is a group I think that feels like they've come so close to beating Iowa State a few times, and then last year really taking a step back in the in this in this this game that since they started you know when they joined the Big Twelve. I think it's more of a let's you know get more established, which is beating Iowa State on a year to year basis and not one losing close games. And then two just getting completely blown out last year, which that score was a lot better than the game actually was. So I, I think it's too much, too many years. There's too much time that, that's gone by and for, you know, and give Brees Hall credit. That was the time when Iowa State was playing really well. Didn't they? I can't remember if they played in the, the Big 12 championship in 2020, 2019, 2020. I can't remember if they did or not, but they had a good they had a really good team that year. And so they were confident. And when you're confident at Big 12 media days, you'll say stuff like that. And so I, I don't think Texas has any grudge. I do feel like this is a group. Let's look at them, Bobby. How many of the guys on the, in this program have beaten Iowa State? There's not many. Yeah, seniors. There's really not. And so, yeah. to me, I think that – and that's something we talked about with, with a couple other teams earlier this this year. You know, there, there, there is something, too, wanting to beat that team before you leave. You know, it, the, in the past, the standard was, well, Texas just beats them all. Well, that doesn't usually happen. Well, now the standard is you got to get back to beating them all. And I think that's why this revenge tour is, is such a, a unique season and can be a unique season. And I feel like with Iowa State, they're – they're they're not as good as they were in the past. I felt like I think Matt Campbell, this is his this is his hardest job this year. This is the job he does. You know he doesn't have the guys that he had in the past. Like you said, the Halls, the, the the Charlie Colars, you know the guys of that sort. But they're still playing tremendous defense. They play sound football, and they're going to be confident. They've got what a two three game winning streak over Texas. This is going to be a very confident bunch.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, as one as uh, uh, Randy. Uh, points out here, they lost their running back against K-State. Um, I'm not sure that they have a uh, grinded out guy that that really uh, accentuates their ground game like Paul right. or David Montgomery previously uh, that uh, Matt Campbell liked to lean on and try to squeeze the clock, right, um, yeah. in many of the games that he played. Uh, so that's a good point there made by Randy. Um, another question that came in is, What's Texas's offensive percentage on third down? I'll answer that real quick. Texas is at forty-three uh, percent on third downs right now themselves on offense. Uh, not great. Ranks fifty-one in the country right now. Um, at the same time, uh, Texas's offense is not a problem. Uh, to be to be fair, uh, as I wrote this down, they're nine, number nineteen nationally in scoring offense and uh, number thirty-five in total offense. Uh, and then in yards per play, uh, Texas on offense is let me see here. They're number 13 in yards per play. So they're, they're pretty good. The offense that, that tells you a little bit about why uh, they're not doing it. I will say one thing about the offense that I've noticed the last two weeks, get your opinion on this. Um, I feel like they've been in more third and shorts. Against West Virginia and Oklahoma than they were against Tech or Bama uh, in those games. What do you think of that, Justin?
1: I think Bijan's hitting more creases in the first and second downs. I think they're getting more pop in that first play. That's helping them set up stuff for their second and third downs. I want to use a stat that also went in with the offense. I have to give my man Max Olson at the athletic uh, at the athletic third credit. He's the one that came up with this. But he said earlier, Texas averages four point three points per drive when Quinn Ewers is in the game. They average over four points a drive when Quinn Ewers is the quarterback. He doesn't have enough to qualify for the, for the, for the national lead, which is Ohio State at 4.1. That's .2% to almost .3 different. You're almost one-third better if Quinn Ewers had that amount of, of plays. To me, that also backs up kind of what the offense has been able to do. They, they made strides on the offensive line with, with Hudson card. Bijan's doing what he does. Rashawn does what he does, but they're different with Quinn Ewers. There is a fluidity to it. There is, it's just like, everyone's on the same page. And I love that they're, that they, he's this close to leading the nation in points per drive. Yeah. I, I think there's just, he's
0: just a, he's different One of the questions on inside Texas was how good can, can Quinn Ewers be? And I talked to former Texas players. I talked to a couple of them today, actually, uh, that Stan, one of them ended up being a college offensive coordinator for 20 years of his life. Um, so he's seen him. He described it to me this way. He said, usually quarterbacks are one of two types. They can either anticipate it and see it. He said successful quarterbacks. Can, they can either see it ahead of time and get it there and know what's going on and anticipate it, or they just have such a quick release that when they do finally see it in ball speed that they can get it there. He said, it's early, but he thinks Quinn Ewers might have both. He said that that he compared, he, he used the term, I don't know if some, some old guys will remember this player, but Bernie Kosar yeah. is a guy. Bernie Kosar, he felt like could anticipate things coming open, but had a B minus arm at best.
1: At best. Yeah.
0: That sidearm was terrible. He He goes, it was horrible. It was all this stuff. Yeah. But he saw it before anybody else. Yeah. And because of that. You know, but did he, was he a hall of fame guy? Because no, he He didn't have that. He was a a really good
1: NFL quarterback.
0: Right. And, and played really well. He he
1: almost played for two super bowls with the Cleveland Browns and he was fantastic with the Miami hurricanes. That's it. I like that comparison. Bernie, Bernie could ball.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the, the issue is not so much that it's a comparison. It's a comparison of what Bernie, what Bernie Kosar was good at, right. Was the anticipation. And he thinks um, this is, like I said, college offensive coordinator, uh played at Texas he thinks that Quinn Ewers might have both he goes those are those guys
1: are rare you know I, I love the subject because he's a kid that I've I've we've clo- we've followed so closely over the last five six almost seven years um you know it's fun a year a few years back I was he invited me out to a secret passing session and it was him well, are you Evan, talking about Quinn Ewers? yes Quinn, Quinn Ewers, Evan Stewart a handful of other players and it was just under the lights of, at, at a football stadium with nobody around. And they were just tossing the ball around. And, you know, I haven't done it near as long as you have and, and don't have near as much, you know, expertise when it comes to it. I've just never seen a kid throw the ball like that before and and be so humble about it and be so modest. I remember I asked him about the 85-yard pass he, he made on, on, on film. And, yeah, he threw the ball 85 yards. And then he looked at me and said, but it was kind of windy instead of just taking the credit. Quinn's a very introverted kid, but he's also a humble and modest kid. You don't really know that until you get to know him. And so I've always thought – it's one of those things that it's so easy to see. None of us are reinventing the wheel here. He just does things differently. Every time he'd go back, the ball would spin in his hand at least once before he'd fired. I was watching him at practice one time, and he did that every time where he would spin the ball and then throw. With no – I mean, just – Effortless. And so the arm talent, I think the best way to describe his arm talent was Todd Dodge after the state championship game when Westlake beat South Lake Carroll. He said that he's the only quarterback he's ever seen that can touch every blade of grass on the entire field with his arm. And and at the end of the day, I, I'm just thankful that we get to watch him. And then we got to cover him. I call it full circle when he was named the, the you know, the starter a, a couple months back because we had put so much time and effort into this story, into his recruitment, into everything that was about him. We we wanted to see it backed up and buddy, we're seeing it backed up. We're, it might be better than we even thought it was. Yeah.
0: Hey, here's one for us. Um, Texas hasn't been all out blitzed much. Um. That's going to that when that does occur, it's going to be something somewhat new to Quinn, uh, at least at this level. Uh, If Iowa State does that and blows him up, um, you know, that could be a real problem for this game. I don't I mean, we're sitting here talking like he's great and all this other stuff. There's still a game to play. And Matt Campbell's and John Heacock aren't going to just roll into Austin and say, oh, please beat us up real bad. We're not going to really try anything new or anything different to try to slow down this
1: this machine that's going on in Austin. Do you know what, what? it's going to be a counter to that, Bobby? It's going to be all the motion we've seen the last two weeks. They he's used a ton of motion to to keep defenses off balance, not just to indicate what they're in man or zone, but to, to to you know keep the blitz, uh, keep them at bay. And so I think. If Sark continues to call plays the way he is, yeah, Iowa State's going to come at him. This is going to be a good test for this offense. For the defense, I feel like it matches up really well for Texas. But on the other side is where I think the game is going to be decided. And we can't just assume, like you said, they still have a – you know they, they, they waxed OU, but that defense is it's just not as good as it's been in the last few years. The team's not as good. Iowa State's – they're going to bring not just a good defense. They're going to bring a ton of confidence. I'm telling people – this team has beaten Texas plenty of times. They expect to beat Texas, even when they're not highly ranked or, or highly regarded, or, or they or they don't have the five-star guys. They only have the five-star culture. Yeah, I, that's going to come to a head on Saturday, and I think that's why a lot of Texas fans are eager for. Yeah, I
0: I, I think that's part of it. The other thing I think that that Iowa State, um, if, if we get into them a little bit, because I do want to talk about them a little bit more. We only have about five more minutes. We're going to go an hour tonight. Uh, that's that's how long we have our producer here with us, um, Justin. Uh, I know you got to say that, you know. Uh, y'all can see Matt Matt Hutchison, our producer, is uh, behind the screens right now, giving us the the what. Uh, but yeah, we've we've only got it for an hour, so we got to get going. But the Iowa State offense um, has not been good this year. Uh, the Texas defense is still gaining confidence. I think they're improving. Yeah but they, they are still gaining confidence. Um, you know, what are you looking for out of the Texas defense this weekend
1: to, to be an improvement? That's a tough question when you pitch a shutout. That's a tough question.
0: Well, they, did they pitch a shutout against a an option team? Basically, though, I mean, they. I mean, Oklahoma waved the white towel in the second quarter down.
1: You know, the, the defense, defense did. I, I didn't think the offense waved the flag, but that's it's Still, is there improvement? Yes, I still feel like Texas needs to get off the field better on third downs. I feel like that's 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 kind of the thing you've got to focus on that way. Because if you've noticed, more and more of these teams after Tech have gone for it on fourth down. They've, they've ran the numbers. They've looked at, at the analytics. So, to me, is there room for it? Yeah, Texas needs to get off the field quicker. They do a tremendous job getting pressures, especially from up the middle with, with, with the, the, the experience on the defensive line. The linebackers, Jalen Ford, I believe, leads the Big 12 in tackles. This guy goes you know sideline to sideline, not like an overshone, who also has has one read and does a tremendous job at it. Is there room for him? Absolutely. Um, that's the thing about this one with Iowa State you got to watch – they're going to have some things dialed up on offense. They're going to do some different things. They're going to have to. They're going to have to, to to manufacture any points because it's going to be somewhat of a race. No matter how good Iowa State's defense plays, points will be scored on both sides. There is going to be a margin there. And for, for Texas defense to keep it that way, got to get off the field on third downs quicker.
0: I, I would say this, too. Um, I would not be uh, – Iowa State has been so poor on offense to this point, I would not be surprised to see some gimmickry early.
1: I'd be shocked.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, You talked about how Oklahoma kind of went to the uh, uh, Wildcat. Uh, Texas wasn't necessarily expecting that, uh, and it took them a while to uh, adjust to it. Uh, When they finally did, then they got it down. Uh, but I don't know what we might see from Iowa state to try to jumpstart their offense. Uh, But I wouldn't be surprised by some sort of trickery uh, or uh, you just, you just never know. Right. Um, It could be a number of different uh, thoughts and processes. Um, Justin, uh, I want to say this, and then I want to ask you a couple more questions Uh, doing our last read for our guys at energy, Texas, our, our sponsors, energy, Texas is for Texans by Texans. When energy, Texas becomes your energy provider You're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas, not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Uh, Check them out at www.energytexas.com. All right, uh, Justin, you're Steve Sarkeesian and you want something out of this weekend other than just a win. What are you looking for?
1: Another receiver to complement Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy. Like you said, Worthy's seeing more and more double teams. That's opening up the middle of the field for for Whittington. We're going to see some changes over the next month or two. They're going to play better defenses. So those are things that they're going to have to count on, but those are going to be things that those teams are countering as well. They need Casey Kane or a Tariq Milton or a Savion Red. They need someone to jump up. And have a good a, a breakout type game. They need someone else because it's going to get adjusted to. They're gonna they're, they're gonna wind up shadowing a nickel on, on Whittington. They're gonna wind up doubling Worthy, and it's literally what it's done. It's, it's it opens up stuff for Jatavian Sanders. It opens up obviously running lanes for Bijan and Rashawn and those guys. But if I'm Sark, I want to see a third receiver. I want to see another guy pop up. It doesn't have to be a receiver. He could be number nine and play tight end. If you get if you get Jalil Billingsley out there and, and get him engaged early, and you're doing let's say a five wide where you have on the left side uh, Jalil Billingsley and Jatavian Sanders and Bijan a couple of receivers out right, that's nasty. That's dirty. That that that's disgusting. This that's parental expression is is you know advised. And that's the best part that Sark can can try to draw you know draw out after shutting out Oklahoma and playing so good on offense. That's a hard question but to me be more efficient on the offensive line and let's get a third receiver to, to really make his mark. All right,
0: what about same question but recruiting focused.
1: You want to see Oklahoma look bad a little bit more because you want Colton Vashik to understand just what could be terrible decision if he attended Norman. So leaving this game I wouldn't be shocked if Voschik shows up. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sure if he has anything scheduled otherwise, but I wouldn't be surprised if from a recruiting standpoint, you want to see Oklahoma lose some more. I don't know what they can gain after what they did last week, except consistency in another week of of a lot of positive press, a lot of good tape, a lot of good good flow, good vibes. But, yeah, um, Oklahoma needs to – and I believe they have Kansas on Saturday – Who is losing their quarterback, Jalen Daniels, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. So that one's going to be tough either way, but Colton Voschick's the guy that I'd pay the most attention to.
0: Yeah, Jalen Daniels, uh, that explains the line in Kansas or in uh, Norman this weekend nine point favorites for the Sooners uh, this weekend. That thing used to be
1: 29. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) That's totally true. And you wouldn't blink, right? At not a, usually, not with the yeah. 98, not, not with the 1998 Kansas state Wildcats, that team covered like a tarp.
0: <laughs> well, all right. Uh, Justin Wells, thank you of inside Thank you to energy Texas uh, for uh, uh, giving us uh, the uh, sponsorship uh, and allowing us to come to you guys. Thanks to Matt Hutchison, our producer. Uh, and also please hit the like button, help us get the 500 likes. And if you have not already, subscribe to on texas football the channel uh please do so we're closing in on 10,000 subscribers which is a quite momentous moment there our momentous moment that's uh we, that's we cool.
1: both we've both had that's some, just
0: me yeah it's not it. just you it's me
1: too all right
0: all right long story short we appreciate you guys thanks for joining us we love talking about texas football uh Absolutely. please tell your friends and uh we'll see you next time tomorrow i've got uh, tomorrow morning i'm interviewing eric Naline, our publisher. For the state of the program, uh, Justin, Jerry, uh, uh, Joe Cook, Paul Wadlington, Ian Boyd, all also going to have articles at some point tomorrow as well. For Justin Wells, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been the Longhorn live stream on Texas football.